If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Dream come true, says Lamar Jackson, to be on the cover of Madden. It's funny how, like, some things are really important to athletes. Mm-hmm. Got millions of dollars, stardom. Pretty much, if you're Lamar Jackson, almost anything you want, including getting tackled by a jet ski. <laughs> and Well, that's the thing. Do you think the, the Madden curse is hitting a little early? Yeah, there? maybe. Although they say the last few years, there's no it's such thing right. as a matter Madden curse. So you got, right. uh, who do you have? Antonio Brown, Tom Brady, and what was last year? Mahomes. So, Brent, with with all the respect, Antonio Brown. I mean, well, from a football career standpoint, wise, though, career wise, you're right. There's <laughs> there's been some kind of I think that was witchcraft in play here. Yeah, that's right. That's the yeah. AB curse. Yeah, yeah. Because he yeah. had like 15 touchdowns the year he was on it. Though. No, true, true. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what happens to your life after. Mm-hmm. So look out, Tom Brady, and look out, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> But uh, and maybe Lamar Jackson, but during that year at least there hasn't been much of a uh, curse. It's wearing off. Yeah, uh, they've uh, been pretty I good. I think that the last guy that Mike got bit was it Rob Gronkowski, 2017. Could have been. Didn't he get hurt? Yeah, it'd be a, a good bet that he got hurt. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's yeah. been hurt uh, quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting to me though, like athletes, like what when you're a big time athlete. You know, it's almost just came out in the Jordan documentary a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's like everybody's like, oh, man, what a life. That's awesome. Like they get so much money. They, they do whatever they want. They have 15 cars and a mansion and uh, women and whatever. Yeah. Carmen Electra, if you felt like it. So, but then Jordan kind of opened up the eyes a little bit to people in that documentary. Like, yeah, well, it, it didn't look fun. At yeah. times, you yeah. know, it'd be great, but it didn't didn't all look fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think if you really look at it, I think you could see that part, too. From any famous person, that, that it's not always fun. You yeah. need, like, a little anonymity. At times, it's very hard to get. My point being, though, like, what gets Jordan going? Uh, or what gets big-time athletes going? For Lamar Jackson, it was kind of surprising for me to see him embrace. Now, I'm sure there's a little bit of marketing involved in that, mm-hmm. but the way he embraced it, I, it sounded like legit, though, and I could see that with today's athlete, mm-hmm. with young player, being like, man, that was one of my goals. When I was like in fifth grade, I hoped that I wanted to be on the cover of Madden. You yeah. know, I could see well, that being a realistic goal. No, for sure. I think what gets Lamar Jackson going more than anything is the fact that he's still trying to prove that he's a quarterback. True. Because I mean, remember how the whole draft process went, where teams wanted to work him out a wide receiver, and listen, I can't imagine... What that would feel like, you know, to win a Heisman Trophy as a quarterback at your position, and then all of a sudden you get to the combine and you go through the draft process, and you have teams telling you that, that you're not good enough. You have teams telling you that you have to play another position. I mean, obviously, I think that's where the ultimate chip from Jackson comes from, but it's just, I think every single time Lamar Jackson still goes on the field, and he brings up in press conferences all the time, he's trying to prove the doubters wrong that he is indeed a quarterback. Yeah, and I guess I mean it from a little bit more of a materialistic point of view. Sure. I, I understand that, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's fascinating, too. Like, what keeps Tom Brady going? I mm-hmm. mean, again, he's already got GOAT status. What does he need? Like, what's he trying to prove? I can mm-hmm. do it without Bill Belichick, maybe. Mm-hmm. But what keeps him going? I'm not even sure that's at the top of the list. I think we make that up as the top of the list. <laughs> um, so I, I'm all sorts of things. But I think from a materialistic point, like, what would Tom Brady get? You know, like you do that with like, what are you going to get your dad or what are you going to get your 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 wife or what, like, what does she need? What is, well, 
what is Tom Brady? Like, what could make him go like, ah, oh, that's awesome? Yeah. And uh, from a materialistic kind of point of view, it's got to be a very short list. And that's what got me today, I guess, seeing Lamar Jackson's reaction yeah. to it. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, he appreciates it. That's that's a neat, that's kind of a neat, genuine reaction. Again, I think there is a little bit of marketing, but I, I think it comes across to a oh, young with, athlete. Like, that's a big deal, and I can believe that. Well, without a doubt. You know, I mean, if you're a kid and you're in a football, you played Madden. Yeah. You know, and, and every time, every single year, there's a new guy in the cover. And, like, the, they were the elite of the elite. Now, I mean, when you got... Vince Young on a cover one year, and you got Peyton Hillis on another year. Well, they're they're not always first round picks, okay? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes some guys fall through the cracks, and it is what it is. You think Peyton Hillis most obscure? Oh, with, with all due respect to Peyton Hillis, you know, most but, obscure. Yeah, most obscure. Here's here's what's, yes, probably to answer sure. your question. I don't know. I, honestly, I couldn't list everybody, but I yeah. think you're right. Like, was like Calvin Johnson's been on the? Has he been on it? I feel like he might have been. But I, listen, Calvin Johnson has, yep, back I, in 2012. I would say Peyton Hillis is definitely, yes, the most obscure. Here's the thing, and this is something we're going to talk about a little bit today. If Gardner Minshew has a really good season, why not? Ooh. Yeah. Well, what's the difference? What did Hillis do? Hillis wasn't the best player in the NFL. Didn't he lead the league in rushing before he got the cover? I'm pretty sure he did. He may have, but nobody in their right mind would have said you still would have picked Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and all these other people. Like he wasn't even remind me of Hillis. I understand it was out of the blue, but like he didn't have like this cult following. Did he? I, I mean, I remember we played against him the year after the Madden cover. I mean, he was a big deal. Let's let's go back to the stats real quick here and kind of his story too. Man, the guy bounced around all over the league. I know it was out so, of the blue. Oh, I mean. Let's see here. But wouldn't have all those Denver guys have been on the so, cover all those years? So back in 2010, rushed for 1,100 yards, 4.4 yards per carry. There's no way he led the rush, league in rushing with 1,100 yards. No, but he had 11 touchdowns. I don't know. You said it. Obscure. That's my point, though. Yeah. But like, I mean, it's obscure. I'm not legit. I'm, yeah. And it's Cleveland, too. So mm-hmm. if you're going to tell me small market, team, relative team, you know, Cleveland kind of, it might not be small market, but there haven't been a relative team yeah. or, you know, uh, a re- relevant team uh, for a long time. Uh, not even as much as they are right now. So it just it was a it was kind of like an out of the blue, out of left field pick, yeah. even with Hillis. And I got it. I mean, fantasy football wise, he became a thing. But my point being. Mitch, you don't have to win the MVP to put the stash on the cover of Madden. You're absolutely right. I'm just saying traditionally how it goes, though, is you have to have like an all-pro kind of year. Or yeah. you have to like take your team in the Fair Super enough. Bowl to get the cover of Madden. Like, obviously, Jackson this year. I mean, even if he didn't you know, win MVP, probably was in the running to get it. That's my point. But, yeah. Like, if you had a really good year. He, Correct. Uh, I'm like, what's the chance he wins MVP? Not very good. Mm-hmm. So, But if he had a really good year and kind of became that highlight guy on ESPN, mm-hmm. a, a nice little fantasy play as well, because, again, that's how you become a star now in the NFL. I mean, fantasy, highlights, red zone, and they're showing him all the time, and he's already got the persona mm-hmm. is my point. I don't think it's that far-fetched. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. Like, where would some of the Jags players rank on Madden? Which you'll know that way better than me. Well, but I, I just want to say, like, who would have, like, the, the, the highest, like, strength rating? Who would have the, the most agility, do you think? Who would have the most awareness? Has there ever been somebody in a Jags uniform that would be worthy of the cover? Jalen Ramsey. I would think my first, when I'm, as I'm talking that sentence out, yeah. I say Jalen Ramsey and Maurice Jones-Drew. Yeah, I mean. Because Maurice Jones-Drew. Sure. 
What you don't remember about Maurice Jones-Drew, because you have to go back so far, is when fantasy football kind of hit this boom. Like, it, it was in its infancy, mm-hmm. and I don't really know how infant, but it certainly hit a new level. And as it's hitting this new level, Mojo scoring touchdowns and touchdowns and touchdowns, and Mojo becomes this household name. And he would look good on a cover of, of Madden. I mean, no different. Like, he would have been more worthy than Peyton Hillis, I, than Peyton Hillis <laughs> in terms of the sense of, like, fantasy football people loved him. Yeah. No, you're absolutely I, I right. I think even more than Hillis did. But Hillis was kind of this folk hero kind of story for sure, a bit. yeah. And that's where, like, a Minshew might fit in with good play. Uh, I, I, I agree with you, though. I think Jalen, I think uh, I think Maurice Jones-Drew, probably about it. Yeah, I mean, like, even defensive. So, like, for whatever reason, the cornerback position gets a little love in the secondary. Like, I remember Troy Palomano, Troy Palomalu's been on it. There Richard Sherman's been on it, I think, maybe twice. Maybe sure, was on it twice. Maybe twice. I can't remember. I think there was like one year where it was like a bunch of guys that were on it. Okay, if I'm not mistaken. Um, what hairstyle would Jalen have been on it in? I guess well, he would have a helmet. I probably have the helmet. You probably have the helmet on. Um, yeah, like I mean, you could say Calais, but I don't think Calais no. is. Yeah, I, Listen, I don't. I love Calais, but sure. he's not going to be on the cover. Yeah. Of, and it, like you don't get those guys. Like like Nick Bosa. Is yeah. it getting the cover of no. Madden? I mean, like, if Quill Mack wasn't getting it when he was all pro two positions. If Aaron Donald hasn't got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You're not you getting go. it. Yep. So, I mean, you got to have a little bit. you got to have that folk hero status or superstardom, super, superstardom. And I would even say, Palomalo's case, he did kind of have that folk hero status. Oh, yeah. And he had the hair, man. Yeah. That's a good cover. Yeah. Right? Well, and keep in mind, too, they, they went to the Super Bowl that year, too, that came out. Because it, it was uh, Palomalo and Larry Fitzgerald then was, like, the co-cover okay. of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah. I, you know, I, again, I, I wasn't even really thinking of it until you brought it up. And when you bring up Hillis, a guy like Minshew does come to mind for yeah. me. Uh, yeah, it's it's a long shot, but it would be uh, really interesting. Well, as we left you yesterday, we talked a little Major League Baseball. We talked about Major League Baseball in terms of the steroid era and, and McGuire and Sosa and, and others. And, man, it just kept heating up and heating up and heating up last night. And, and it's just a mess in Major League Baseball. I mean, it's... It's a mess. Uh, it's it's not, there's no end in sight. Jeff Passan had an incredible article. It's a long read, but if you had time to read it and you want to understand what's going on, I mean, it, it's very detailed and and I think layman's terms too. Because I, honestly, I don't get a lot of that stuff. Like it, baseball is so they have so many technical terms when it comes to the CBA and contracts, and I think all the leagues do. But baseball seems to have even more of that because there's so many levels filtering down to the minor leagues and. You know, the rule five draft and all this stuff, you know, just it, it it's very muddied up. I think he did a great job of explaining it and, and putting blame on both. You know, the one thing about players coming out and Bauer, if you saw him uh, tweet, he's been very vocal. But I, I like the honesty. I, I think there's a level of honesty with Bauer. I also saw like Bryce Harper said, what's up, oh, Eagles? Good tweet. Yeah, I mean, they're all having a field day right they now. They are. But my point to them, and I was going to say this and I didn't, is they're not void of blame here. They are not. They're not void of blame. They are digging in just as much as the owners are digging in because of the dollars in a time where most people believe it's not the correct timing to dig in. So do not mistake this. The players are to blame in this as well. Both sides are to blame in this. And I think if you read Passon's article, I think it presents that in both ways. Now, you can side with one or the other. That's okay. But uh, this well, is not just the fault of Manfred and and the owners. Although Manfred looks like a clown in this, I mean he really does. Who's yeah? But the, at the, the end of the day, who's trying to run the show here? Okay, like this isn't. I mean, yes, it, the, the the players are the lifeblood of the league. 
But Manfred is the guy that runs the show. Okay, he's the boss. He's the CEO. He is, but he's the boss of the owners. Okay, well, he's the commissioner of baseball. He is. He's Goodell. Right. It's like Goodell's not going to side with okay. the players if he has the owners telling him one thing. But listen, I think right now with Manfred, he's he's lost the players. I mean, like, listen. I think so too. And, and it's not uncommon. Like, listen, even he when, lost I, when I me, man, last week when he I, said a hundred percent. Yesterday he said yeah. not a hundred percent. Even when I played, like, yeah, there, there's obviously a little bit of ugh, for Roger Goodell. You know, like that. That's always going to be there from players. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, he's starting to come over the player side a little bit, but. I think most players would say that Roger Goodell still, you know, kind of rubs people the wrong way. That's fair enough. And I think, you know, even, I mean, Stern might be a different story when he, I don't know. I, I don't know. How do you think about David Stern back in the day? Yeah, I, did, I didn't, I'm sure, I think they had their beefs at times, sure. but I don't, I didn't see it like these guys. Not like Goodell yeah, and yeah. not like uh, now Manfred. Yeah, yeah. So with that being said, I mean, it seems like he's he's just lost it. Like he he's absolutely lost the league. He's lost the respect of players. And once again, that's you're always gonna have that a little bit. But to me, like they don't respect him at all. They're treating him like a substitute teacher right now. Well, part of the reason they're treating him like that, though, I believe, is they have galvanized together and they said we are going to go lockstep, whether you agree or not. You know how this works. Yeah. You've been in the in a players' union, mm-hmm. and you might not always agree. But you're doing it for the good of overall, of everybody else, for the next guy coming in. You're doing it because we have to be strong together. And that's what Major League Baseball players are doing right now. I can't I can't imagine all these players agree with every single thing going on and the stance that they took right away and, and the fact that this is playing out in the public. I mean, one, one player said, uh, I forget who it was, said, I'm embarrassed to be a Major League Baseball player. Well, that's not just because of the commissioner. That's because you guys, you guys, owners, players, commissioner, have put yourselves in this bickering position where nothing is getting done. And we all said way back in March, the only thing that you can't do, Major League Baseball, is come off like all you care about is money. Well, here we are in the middle of June, and all it looks like the Major League Baseball players and owners and commissioner care about is the right to the money. Absolutely. But I'm just saying, even when we had our lockout, it wasn't like we were verbally going after Roger Goodell the whole time. True. You know, we we didn't have roast sessions where every (laughs) every MLB player is putting out gifts, you know, and trying to make fun of Manfred. Like, we weren't doing that. We were trying to, you know, take more of a stance like, hey, let's get on the same page here. We're not going to waste our energy talking about Roger Goodell because no matter what you say about him, it's not going to solve the issue. With Manfred, it's just like, man, forget it. You know, uh, I'm over it. Like, forget this guy. Everybody, let's get on Twitter and tell him how we feel about it. And from a perception standpoint, because they're doing that, it looks like Manfred is really the the, the guy, the clown in this, the, the guy that's wrong in this, yeah. and, and the guy. And to a degree, they're right. My point is, players are not void of blame here. They are not. I mean, they, it has been a part of it, and. Uh, this just wasn't the time and place in Major League Baseball. Here we are. Uh, but I said some things yesterday. I'll, I'll reiterate a little bit. I still think the narratives out there about saving baseball, next generation, all this stuff is so over-dramatized. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Major League Baseball. What's the latest on that front? Uh, all the commissioners were on ESPN last night. It was an interesting show. I didn't watch it front to back, but I thought it was just the concept was interesting. And Adam Silver had some things to say as well, though I don't know if he revealed a whole heck of a lot uh, as the NBA tries to get back to action. And we're going to take a break. When we come back, something I want to start with, with college football. Yesterday it played out, and one of the best backs in the country called out his coach. Mm. Now they made a video that was a little staged. Okay, a lot staged. 
A little. And now we've seen this three separate times and maybe more in the last week and a half. You know, talk college football last week in the state of Florida and how the right for endorsements and now college athletes could look like they're going to get paid. Maybe there's a bigger thing that's happened in the last couple of weeks. The voice of the player. Mm-hmm. Where that was taboo, man, before you could not come against your coach. You might be running sprints. You might not play as much. Heck, you might get your scholarship taken away. Now, these are big-time players doing this. But still, the voice of the player is as loud as it's been in quite some time, maybe ever, in college athletics and college football. Talk a little bit about it next. Is it good or bad on ESPN 690? In light of today's tweet with the uh, T-shirt I was wearing, um, I uh, I've met with um, some players and uh, realized it's a very sensitive issue with what's going on uh, in today's society. And so we had a great meeting and uh, made aware of some things that uh, players feel like that can make our organization, our culture, even better than it is here at Oklahoma State. And I'm looking forward to making some changes, and it starts at the top with me, and we got good days ahead. <laughs> Don't give away your thoughts on that. <laughs> it looked like a ransom video. I'm sorry, but it did. It did. It looked like they were being held there against their will. All I'm going to say. Uh, well, I'm going to say some more, but go ahead, Brett. Uh, that's your reaction to the Mike Gundy video called out for wearing a shirt over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, was it OAN? OAN, correct. I got to be honest with you, man. This will tell you how much I pay attention to politics and watch those kind of channels. Yeah. Never heard of it. Yeah, it wasn't really on my radar. Like, I, I may have come across, like, an article with them one time, but I completely forgot about it. So, yeah, it wasn't my radar either. So Chuba Hubbard, which is just a fantastic name. Chuba, right? Or is it Chuba? Chuba. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, call, I, want... <laughs> I mean, I mean, first of all, a first-round pick coming up for sure at running back, probably. If, if he doesn't get, like, Chuba Bubblewitch's bubblegum. I wanted I mean, to call on. him Chuba. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, can, you, can you imagine the marketing though if it was Chuba? You're good, though, man. I like Chuba. Call I, him Chuba. I was thinking it and said it. <laughs> You're all good. Uh, but he's he led the nation in rushing last legit. year. Yeah, he's and good. And he is a legit player. And much like Marvin Wilson, who's a legit player for Florida State, coming out and saying what he said at Mike Norvell, I mean, it's a big voice. Mm-hmm. Hubbard calls out Gundy. And to, I, I will say this to Oklahoma State's credit, to the athletic director, to, to Gundy's credit, to uh, whoever, I don't even know who deserves the credit, but same with Florida State, Norvell, Florida State. Man, they got the, these things quick. Mm. Like they did not let it linger. Sure. And that is one positive because Florida State, in my opinion, has kind of recovered from it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's almost been a positive for Florida State. They had a unity walk in Tallahassee on Saturday. But anyway, Hubbard calls out Gundy for wearing mm-hmm. the shirt. And then they do this video mm-hmm. uh, against this wall, and it is so... Cowboy culture, by the way, in the back. It is so obviously staged and, and recorded, and, and I don't know. I mean, listen, some people are better at it. That you, it was purposefully you know, recorded to send out there, So, uh, but it was almost so scripted, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and it came across as scripted. Yeah. Was it hollow? Well, did they handle it right? Is there any other way to do it? I mean, if you say a statement, a statement's a statement. Um, so I, I, what do you feel about 
first of all, because then we'll get into the voice of the college athlete, but what do you feel about yeah. this situation versus some of the other ones we've seen? You, you know what? I mean, like we've talked about before right now, Brent, everything is hypersensitive, okay? And when everything's hypersensitive, you have to have a little awareness to you, okay? So when you wear an OAN T-shirt, which is obviously very, you know, pro-Republican and pro-Trump, and if, if that's your beliefs, that's fine, but you have to understand that if you wear that shirt on a fishing trip and obviously people take pictures, well, you got to read the room. Like, how how can you be so good at reading defenses and being this offensive <laughs> mastermind, but you can't read the room with your own team? But you can't foresee if you rock an OAN shirt that a lot of players in that locker room who are black are going to be very disappointed and very offended with that. Like, how I, I can't get how you can't see that coming, right? So Hubbard calls him out, and you know what? Should he have gone man-to-man? Maybe, okay? Like, obviously, when I was in college, it was a different time. Twitter wasn't really even a thing yet. It was still in fruition. So, like... I can see the point of Hubbard maybe apologizing and saying, hey, I should have went to him as a man. I shouldn't have you know, brought our business out there, the, the Oklahoma State business, out on Twitter. But what I, the one thing that rubs me the wrong way, I mean, everything kind of rubs me the wrong way with this video because it's just, once again, looks like a ransom video. But I don't like how Hubbard had to apologize, but Mike Gunny didn't apologize at all. He, you know, he, he said that he had to take the, the, the voice of his locker room seriously and he had to have you know better optics or whatever, but not one time during that video did Mike Gundy apologize? I thought the same thing. Why Why was Hubbard apologizing? I thought the same thing. I, I thought it was a very lukewarm, hollow from Gundy's side. Mm-hmm. I thought it was bigger of Chuba Hubbard to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I thought he was the winner there. Oklahoma State probably feels like they're a winner there. But I agree with you on, on the Gundy side. I, I, I didn't... I, I felt like Gundy was doing this because this is the next step of doing this. Yeah. It's like... You know, first you have to admit you have a problem, mm-hmm. and that was his admission that he messed up. Mm-hmm. You know, but is it genuine? I don't think so. It will go back to well, I'm still the boss, man, and now you're gonna have to run ten sprints yeah. uh, when we get when we get back to work. Yeah, I I I agree with you on that. I I didn't think it was good. I didn't think it was well done. And that brings up an interesting part of it, right? If you're going to do this stuff and you're going to try to rectify the situation. Well, you have to be pretty darn good on that part and make it feel genuine. Mm-hmm. See, when Florida State uh, had their situation, Florida State's athletic director was on a video, and I think he was talking to the board of trustees, and you could tell he was uncomfortable. Like he was uncomfortable. Sure. First of all, he like admitted he's like, listen, I don't like speaking in front of, uh, in front of people on this. I'm not comfortable doing it. He kind of said it in the thing, but you could also tell it was pretty genuine. You know, it, it was really, I think, well done given the situation. Now, people can still choose to believe or not and, and, and be uh, skeptical. That's fine. But I agree with you, man. If you're going to do it, like, the only thing that – it was like, get us to the handshake as quick as we can. I know. And even the handshake, it's just like, man, I, nothing about that seemed genuine to me. It, it did. Right? And – in a world right now where we, we, we rely on being genuine, right? Like we, we have receipts, we pull out receipts all the time and we call when things look fake to us. That to me looked fake. Yeah. Okay. I, I would, I mean, listen, and if you're Mike Gundy, and I get, listen, you know who Mike Gundy's personality is, Brent, right? I mean, he's the guy, if you want to fight, you know, I'm, I'm a grown man and it seems like he has his player's best interest in mind, but you better believe like Gundy must have 
called whoever, you know, the, the, the PR is like, hey, I got a great idea. Let's go ahead and stand in front of the cowboy culture sign and we're all going to make this go away. We're just going to, we're going to put the bandaid over it. Everyone's going to love it. It's going to be over social media and we're going to be fine. And that's not how things work, Brent. When things aren't genuine, when things are manufactured just to try to appease everybody, you come off looking worse than you did when you went into it. That's the thing, and and you got to be really careful, especially uh, right now. I, I again, I think Florida State has moved on for the better. We'll see where Oklahoma State is. Got to remember too, not like Mike Norvell had earned anything just yet, but uh, like a lot of people think Mike Gundy's one of the biggest frauds going in college athletics, college football. Like, what's he done? Right? Yeah. I mean, that's what a lot of people think. I mean, there are some scathing articles about Mike Gundy now. You know, for a bit, he was kind of that little, he was that fun guy, the personality from the mullet to, to the fun quotes here mm-hmm. or there, and then to the, I'm a 40-year-old man, yeah. you know. And he's, it, he's almost more like a character than he, he is really like an is. accomplished college football coach. But like Mike Leach is a character, and he hasn't won national titles, but he's accomplished a lot, it seems like. Like, mm-hmm. he is, he is almost over-exceeded expectations at places he's been. I think it's clear as day, a lot of people think Gundy has underachieved at Oklahoma State, but been given a lot of rope to do so. Mm-hmm. And a lot of folks thought this could be it for him. Yeah. And it doesn't look like it's going to be the case, at least not yet. Uh, we'll see if this cools things down for him and, and what potentially could have been a hot seat. And you look at the situation in Florida State, you know, Mike Norvell, one could say his situation was a lot worse. Okay, because this was over a T-shirt and say what you want about it. Mike Norvell, he kind of lied about reaching out. Got called out for lying. Got called out for lying. You know, and and I think in today's world right now, we would say that's a bigger deal. But at the same time, I think Mike Norvell handled it so much better. You know, like we're we're not really talking about right now. Could you do that Florida State stuff? Like we're kind of past that now, right? And it wasn't a a cheesy video of, of Mike Norvell and players standing in front of each other. Like it was to me, what happened with that is he got in front of the team. And they hashed everything out, and there were some pretty probably powerful discussions, I bet. some uncomfortable discussions, but they found a common ground. And now, to be fair, I've seen Mike Norvell at you know different protests and different walks and things like that. Like he's out in the community doing his thing, you know. And we'll see what happens with Oklahoma State Cowboys now and Mike Gundy. But I'm just saying, like, you th- if you think one video and one handshake, hey, we're all good to go. Man, you got another thing coming. It'll be something to watch uh, because uh, how, how it goes forward at Oklahoma State, uh, I think, because there's a lot of folks, I believe, if you look into it, that are not um, huge fans of him anyway and and have, think that he's been there long enough anyhow. But it goes to the bigger issue. So that's that specific situation. But we did see Marvin Wilson. We do now see Chuba Hubbard. Uh, and by the way, Hubbard, again, I don't think he's like – it's Oklahoma State, and sometimes we don't we don't celebrate the guy that leads the NCAA in rushing like we celebrate the guy that leads the NFL in rushing, mm-hmm. right, even if he's not from your team. I'm not sure how many people, quite frankly, knew before this week Hubbard led the nation in rushing. Knew he was good and was a prospect, sure. but I don't know about leading the na- nation in rushing. Especially at Oklahoma State, where they're obviously a pass-happy team, it seems but like. But bottom line is, he had big numbers, and he's a star there, mm-hmm. and he calls out his coach. Marvin Wilson is a top 10 pick. He is a beast, man. He is he is a player. And he came back. He could have gone in the first round this year. Mm-hmm. He came back, and he called out his coach. And I saw something recently with him. said, hey, I don't know if I was, like, as I wrote it and said it, he's like, oh, this is going to be bad. He's like, but there's only two ways it could be. It's either going to go bad or it's going to go good. Sure. And he didn't even anticipate it being good. But he was doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. So the voice of the college athlete, here it comes. 
yeah. and it's not going to stop. Mm-hmm. The Iowa coach, the uh, strength and conditioning coach, fired, mm-hmm. gone. Settlement they reached. Davos Swinney, maybe the best coach in America. Resume certainly indicates that he's right up there with Nick Saban. And some people, at least in South Carolina, would probably say he's better right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what he's been able to do. He gets called out. Now, that was by a former player. Um, and he's now since been, people have come to his defense as well, uh, which probably says a lot about Dabo Swinney uh, as the head coach and maybe as a man and, and how people view him. But wow. I mean, that that is three big-time universities, two big-time players, one big-time coach, and you could probably say a couple of big-time coaches. Is this the new wave? Is this going to stop? I mean, is this? Are we going to see it in other sports? Could we see it in basketball? Could mm-hmm. we see it uh, in even some of the non-revenue sports? Does the college kid now have a voice? You know, it's it's one of those instances, and I know Chris Conley doesn't like us saying it, but this is where sports can mirror society a little bit. Right, Because if you have a Facebook page, if you have a Twitter page, and you see somebody with a restaurant or some kind of business, they use something that's bad, you post that out, give your thoughts, and all of a sudden it spreads like wildfire. Now take that to the nth degree with college athletes, right, where they have more of a platform. They have more of a spotlight, especially you know the guys that are going to play at the next level. I mean, they're even more on that platform, even more with the spotlight. Yeah, I mean, in terms of, of power right now and in terms of influence, um, it's, it's, it's never been higher, Brent. Absolutely not. And especially you have a country right now who is really just drawing the line in the sand of where they stand, right? And you can't tell anybody any differently. I'm, I'm talking about whether you're on one side or the other side. People right now are stuck in their ways and they're super passionate about the cause regardless of what side you're on. And when you mix that, you throw it in the blender now with social media and college athletes speaking out, you better believe right now college athletes have more power than they ever have had before. You know, it's interesting. It's a lot like the uh, kneeling protests and what's gone on with Kaepernick, right? No doubt, to some degree, in 16 and 17, when that was going on, people were afraid to say stuff Mm -hmm. because they were afraid of the backlash. They weren't going to share their true feelings. Uh, and some did, not to say no, but a lot of people wouldn't because they they didn't want to get into it, quite frankly. There was no conversation to be had. They knew it was going to either be, yeah, man, I agree with you, or you're the worst person that's ever lived Correct. for saying that. I mean, like I, that was it. As bad as it sounds, nothing really great could come of it. I mean, And then that's really messed up to say, but that's the way it was. That's, there was no conversation. Correct. It was here or there, like you said, a yeah. line in the sand. Well, I feel like now, because the NFL and Roger Goodell said, hey, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Guys like Bill O'Brien said, hey, I'm kneeling too. Mm-hmm. Guys like J.J. Watt said, I'm kneeling too. Mm-hmm. And and just the temperature and climate of our country right now in terms of what's going on has now made it okay to share your feelings. Kind of like what you said. It's like now people can say how they feel. And you know what? It's almost to the point where they don't care what the other side has to say. Sure. They don't care. They're not worried about it. If you don't want to have a conversation, go it. We don't care. Yep. Right? Uh, Well, it's kind of like this right now. I feel like in college football in these last few weeks, it's like you are not going to be suppressed of your feelings by a head coach who – on many accounts, we've said over the years, has more power than anybody maybe on college campuses, the president included. You know, you take the Iowa program, for instance. They couldn't have social media. 
they couldn't voice their opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of that is because there are a few people that don't know how to use it and say stuff, and then the coach has to deal with it. You can yeah. see some of the logic in it, oh, for but sure. at the same time, it suppresses maybe someone from sharing what they really want to share mm-hmm. on an issue like this. Well, that's lifted. Mm-hmm. And that's a big moment, believe it or not, I would say, in Iowa football for Ferens to do that and kind of be forced to do that. And now you have a guy like Hubbard and you have a guy like Wilson coming out and saying it. And it opens the door because of the way their coaches reacted. Mm-hmm. Like the way Norvell reacted is why I think they've moved on a little bit from it in a, in a positive way. Uh, not moved on to slide it under the rug, but because he said, you know what? I'm proud of Marvin for using his platform. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of him for saying it. He was right. Like yeah. that was his reaction. Yeah. A little less of that from, from Gundy. Yeah. But the point being, because Norvell said it that way, almost all the coaches now have to respond that way. Well, they can't sit and there and be like, you ain't saying that, man. What are you talking you know, Yeah, yeah. Normal conversation a month and a half ago, if a kid said that, what do you think the conversation's like? <laughs> Coach point. calls him up and be like, what the heck are you doing, man? Yeah. You know? Let's go and run some stadiums. I'll stay out there. Yeah, no. Nope, it may be worse, right? Sure. You say, I'm the boss here. You know, the ego comes into play and Absolutely. all that stuff. And ain't happening anymore. Yeah. And that's really interesting. That has changed uh, in, in college sports sports for the moment we'll see if it balloons into something bigger at the end of the day we're starting to see people's true colors now right they're 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 starting to come to the forefront and i think with a case like gundy who didn't apologize and a guy like hubbard who apologized in my opinion for no reason now was he told to apologize did did he want to apologize set example for the team hey guys let's move past this let's get back on track here like I'll take one for the team. I'll sit on the grenade and I'll apologize. Like if it helps our team out, I'll do that. Not really sure. I know, I know Hubbard's a really big team guy. All his teammates have kind of said that. Who knows? But my point is, is that every college athlete, whether you're a football player, basketball player, name your sport, they have a right to voice their concerns on social media. And here's why: because when you're a college coach and you're sitting in those, you're sitting in those athletes. You know, and their parents, you're sitting in those dining rooms and you're having dinner with them and you're saying, I'm going to take care of him. I'm going to take him underneath my wing and he's going to be safe and we'll make sure that we take care of him. Well, if that kid has a discrepancy with the culture or how things are being ran, then go to Twitter. Hold those coaches accountable. Speak your piece. Whether it's right or wrong, say what you got to say. Because at the end of the day, those coaches talked to your family and said, I'm going to take care of him. But then... If you wear a shirt on a fishing trip that's going to offend somebody, well, I'll be honest. If I'm a parent right now, I'm a little concerned. Not really from the fact that the coach wore a shirt, but I'm just concerned about, listen, man, what kind of operation you run Oklahoma State right now? Okay? Because I just saw my son issue this apology, and you didn't really accept anything. You, you didn't really step up to the plate and apologize as well. So, once again, we always preach these coaches for being father figures, for being mentors. But then you can't be mad at a player if he goes out and says, you know what? What's happening right now, I don't feel is right. Yeah, I don't think, by the way, that Hubbard is apologizing for bringing it to light. I think he's apologizing for kind of the method of what he did. He was apologizing for going on Twitter instead of going to going to a man-to-man and making it more of a public thing. But the bottom line is the way you change things right now is probably make it a public thing. And what's the hesitation? Keep in mind, these guys did offer him scholarships. They're giving him scholarships. They're helping him get a free education. Not to say Hubbard wouldn't have one anywhere he he would go. I mean, he's the leading rusher in the nation. But I also think it's like it's like talking back to your mom and dad. You know, for some it's easier, but for others, it's not. You know, it doesn't seem right. You know, but sometimes you have to. 
<laughs> you put your foot down. Absolutely, right? absolutely. At some point, sometimes you have oh, to. Oh, you're going to have that oh, my experience. kids aren't listening. But <laughs> that's how you hear me, man. <laughs> Go for the throat, dude. Don't lay down. But don't, that's the way I view this. Yeah. That's why I, if you look at Marvin Wilson after the fact and hear what he says, if you look at Hubbard after the fact, it's almost like they called out their mom and dad mm-hmm. or dad. It, yeah. But they did it because they knew they were right. Correct. And they don't love the fact that they had to do it, but mm-hmm. they thought it was necessary. Yeah. And that's kind of the way I, I view what they did because you're right. I mean, these coaches are looked at sometimes as these father figures. Yep. Um, but also leaders that you're not supposed to be, that's almost viewed as insubordination, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. from a command standpoint. Uh, so it's fascinating what's going on in, in college football. Now, again, we're not getting the, the, the fourth string punter doing this very much. Yeah. But it's cool that the stars are doing it, uh, it when needed. Yeah. Because I also think you can go over the top on it if it's not necessarily needed. Oh, it no, has to be in the right spot. Mm-hmm. And I think um, for these guys, these two instances w- was the right spot. Depends how you feel about the T-shirt thing. You know, sure. Dabo got called out on the T-shirt thing, too, for a little bit. And I thought that was a, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, I, I, that, that you, you was a little stretch. You, that, that stretched it a little bit to me, um, but but temperature and and feelings were really heated and yeah. intensified over the last couple of weeks. So well, I think that's why I did it. And listen, and right now too in this environment, you're trying to raise young men. I mean, that's really the point. And Dabo Sweeney's been the first guy to say it. I mean, he hasn't been the first guy, but he won't be the last guy either. Like I'm raising young men for the future, right? Whether they're in the NFL or not, like I'm trying to raise young men. Well. I mean, a message right now in society is like, listen, if you don't see something that you agree with, then speak up. Use your voice. Use your platform. And guess what? That's what Hubbard did. You know, so regardless if if Hubbard, you know, becomes that first round pick or, or whatever happens in his NFL career, let's just say he's a better man now having said, you know what? I don't agree with something. I'm using my platform. I'm going to speak out on it, and hopefully people can rally against me. Yeah, let's take, rally with me. Absolutely. Let's take a quick break. We'll have Jason Fitz in a little bit. I got a we- uh, question about uh, wedding rings next. Kuz, uh, you might want to hear this. Uh, it's coming up on uh, ESPN six ninety. It'll just be a, a couple minutes. Bro. Okay. Um, I've been thinking of something. I don't get something. Oh, speaking of, where's yours? You wear one? We'll, Dude, have, we'll get br- to the we'll get to the bottom sure. of this. I mean, get to the bottom of it right there. I got a broken finger. I can't fit a wedding ring around it. Viable excuse? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I, I just came from a local establishment and forgot to put it back on. <laughs> what, what, what do you want me to tell you? <laughs> I've never worn on one. It's six times. For us, you know, we feel this is what this is what we do. You know, we put on NBA basketball. We think that for the country, it'll be a respite from enormous difficulties people are dealing with in their lives right now. And I also think in terms of social justice issues, it'll be an opportunity for NBA players in the greater community to draw attention to these issues because the world's attention will be on the NBA in Orlando, Florida, if we're able to pull this off. That is Adam Silver, NBA commissioner, last night on ESPN. I didn't think he was overly revealing. I think Manfred had some of the quotes, and Goodell had a quote about Kaepernick. And uh, But uh, I thought Silver was kind of benign in his commentary. I mean, and I really have a lot of respect for Silver. I think he's good. I, I was almost expecting more from him. <laughs> it's, I mean, he's so good. I think he almost disappointed me last night. I, <laughs> I, I thought there was more that he might say, uh, but it also showed a lot. 
that they had Dame Lillard on with Silver for a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. Because didn't that show a lot in in terms of how the players and commissioner kind of get along in the NBA way more than anyone else? I almost wonder if the NBA asked for it to be like that. Mm -hmm. Because it shows, I'm not going to say they're lockstep, right? They're not. But there is a certain level of respect that I think all um, organizations, all leagues, probably envy. About the oh, NBA. Without a doubt. And to go back to the the Adam Silver interview, I mean, that just goes to show you that you are the man because you don't have to say anything. And it's like, ah, you know, like that guy's respected right there. Like, yeah. That guy's name means something like that. That name commands respect um, and admiration. So, yeah, even though Adam Silver didn't really, really give us anything um, really good, like soundbite wise. You could tell that, obviously, with Damian Lillard, who's been very outspoken, uh, you know, about the whole process, which has been happening with uh, the playoffs starting back up. I mean, it shows a lot because if anyone's got a gripe right now with the NBA, it's, it's Lillard, okay? And the fact that he met with the commissioner in a, in a, in a peaceful way, um, in a, in a way that wasn't, you know, just, oh, well, you're wrong. I mean, it was, listen, it was refreshing, I thought. And if you switch up the, 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 the thing a little bit with, like, NFL players or baseball players, it'd be different. Not going to lie, I expected more out of Lillard, too. Uh, he was kind of wishy-washy the whole time in, in his commentary. Of, well, I can see this and I can see that. He didn't really take a hard line. I thought he was going to drop a new, like, rap album or something. <laughs> on uh, all right, I got a serious question. Okay, it's not that. Well, it is a serious question. Yeah. I see more of these rubber wedding Bands. Where you been, man? On, on people. Yeah. Like, I know it's not. I just catch it on. <laughs> but I saw it on a 57-year-old man the other day that looks like George Washington. And I was like, what is going on here? Is this like the thing? I'm like, what are we doing? I didn't even know it was on, uh, like only the ring. Like, I thought it was like a cover yeah. that you put on your normal wedding ring. Yeah. Are wives okay with this? Like... Wives are pretty sentimental now. I mean, yeah. it doesn't that like gold band? Like, I lost. This is my second wedding ring. So, sure. um, doesn't it? Does it cheapen anything? I mean, I guess this is okay. I think we're. I mean, don't ask me because I don't wear one. So, you can't hear you, Coos. You can't hear you, Coos. Oh, good call. Yep. Uh, Push the button places. on yourself. There you go. <laughs> I turned my own mic off. Yeah. Um, no, but there's a lot of places that'll do like if you buy her wedding band, you get his wedding band free. Yeah. So at that point, yeah, you're shopping, so you know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. If mine's free, then why can't I just get a plastic one? You know what's interesting about like <laughs> I, I always thought the even the men's ring wedding yeah. band would be way more expensive than it was because you have in your mind like wedding ring engagement ring it's so expensive yeah. but like the wedding ring wasn't nearly I'm sure you can get them very expensive but sure. like mine wasn't super super expensive yeah. I thought they'd be more so I don't think it's a cost thing is it a look thing is it I don't want to damage it thing so I mean I do beat my ring up quite yeah. a bit but so, I have like an irrational fear of getting it caught on something. Like Jimmy Fallon did it. Remember, like yeah. he got it caught and it like ripped his whole finger off. Yeah. I have like a real really? fear of that. So like if you live like a super active lifestyle, you know, you're in the gym and stuff like that. Like, well, so why is Kuz mad? I'm just saying the idea of it terrifies me. <laughs> hey, Brent, if you're drinking a beer and you somehow <laughs> ding it, like who knows what can you're happen? Playing that video game. <laughs> You throw the controller too hard, it rips your finger off. You're tweeting at Nancy Kaiser. (laughs) (laughs) But no, the the, the whole point is like, 
it's geared towards the active lifestyle guys. Like, hey, are you active and rugged and drive a Jeep Wrangler? Like, go ahead and get one of these, pla- you know, these rubber rings. I'd imagine for like surfers too. Like, if you're gonna go out sure. surfing, you probably but, don't want to wear them. That's legit. Like, a lot of people lose their wedding ring on yeah. their honeymoon, like in the ocean. Yeah, right? I'm definitely it gonna fit do that. Well exactly. Stuff. But once again, who? who can, I mean. When's the last time a group of guys got together like, hey, dude, let me check out that wedding ring, man. That's awesome. Like, it's just nobody cares. I, like, I knew the guys. Pro- yeah, go ahead. The guys didn't care about it. I just yeah. wonder about, like, if the women care about it. Oh, I got you. Well, my wife obviously doesn't. <laughs> and you're going to you're gonna tattoo it up? I'm going to probably tattoo it up eventually, yeah, because I, I can't wear jewelry, man. I can't wear rings. I can't wear watches. Hey, how about if that's weird. where I get my tattoo? It's like ESPN 690 Not ba- instead I mean, of Steph's name. So you're kind of married to the show? <laughs> I mean, hey, I love the commitment. And one more thing. I don't want to tell Action Sports Jacks how to do your whole marketing thing, but you mentioned George Washington. For, like, your next, like, you know, when you guys come in for the intro, have that George Washington fellow in the front, but, like, he's crossing the Delaware River. You know, like, like, like this, and you guys in the back. Yeah, have him, like, leading, because he has the most tenure. You, you know buy, what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm going to buy that dog outfit, too, for him uh, from yesterday's show. Yeah. Hey, Jason Fitch scheduled to join us uh, next when we come back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.